Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of The Steel Conversation. My name is Brian Diard. We're going to have Chris Carter of DK Pittsburgh Sports joining us here in a few minutes. Chris and I, uh, we have some background. We worked together uh, back on Behind the Steel Curtain, which is an entity of SB Nation back in the day. He's been doing some great work over at DK Pittsburgh Sports. I've been at the Steelers on 24-7 Sports for the last couple of years. We're going to talk offseason. We're going to talk upcoming NFL draft. Uh, lots to talk about, but, but we're going to start with Ben Roethlisberger yesterday coming out and uh, pretty much saying that he is not lobbied for the Steelers to draft him a tight end or any kind of weapon in this year's draft. That was previously reported by NFL Network, which uh, there's been some history between Big Ben and NFL Network. Uh, he essentially called some of their reports back in 2013 BS. And then last year, following a loss to the Cowboys, uh, someone mentioned something to him about a meeting with Mike Tomlin that was uh, reported by NFL Network, and Ben was like, that's, that's not a real report. To quote our president, fake news. <laughs> so, you know, that that's kind of, the, the, you know, the big story right now, if you even want to call that a story, is, is Ben essentially refuting uh, NFL Network's report. So, but that's where we are. It's, it's the off season. It's April. You know, we've got two weeks before the draft. It, it's kind of a slow point right now for news. Uh, but with that, we, we bring in Chris Carter. Again, you can find his work at DK Pittsburgh Sports. We're going to talk draft. We're going to talk uh, off-season moves so far. But first, let's just start with the simple one. Chris, how you doing, buddy? And, and talk me off the ledge with the Pirates. They're not doing well, man. Talk me off the ledge. <laughs> Bruh, see, you're on the ledge. I have jumped off a long time ago. <laughs> I, oh. it's, it's looking rough, but I'm doing. But I'm doing good. Submitted myself to that the Pirates ain't going to do nothing this year. They needed a. They needed to get a power hitter. They needed to get another person for that rotation, and they did neither. So uh, unless unless McCutcheon really turns it around and they get two or three of those uh, of those young pitchers to become aces this season, I, I don't really see much else happening they'll they they need all of their outfielders to be great power hitters this season um Cervelli can't throw anyone out at second it seems like it's it's going to be a rough year for the Pirates but fortunately uh here in Pittsburgh we got the Penguins celebrate as they had their big win over the Blue Jackets last night yeah that, you know what and I don't know why I didn't even go there that's true they, they beat Columbus three to one they looked fantastic where he came in and had 30 saves, so I need to, I need to be more positive about the Penguins and not pay attention to the Pirates at least for a while. <laughs> so, hey man, let's 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 dig into the Steelers. What, what what's going on? What do you what do you think's happened this off season? Everybody knows that New England continues to you know to do things. That everybody's calling genius moves. I know the Steelers brought in you know they brought in the Hightower, uh, tried to offer him some money, but he decided to stay in New England. Um, what do you think about their off-season moves? We're going to talk draft, but what do you think about the off-season moves? Is there, is there one in particular that, that you like more than the other ones? I mean, I know they, they only brought in one playmaker in Hunter, but they also brought in some depth for the defense. Zenzenbaugh, the cornerback that, that, that did play in Dickelbo's system in Tennessee. Is there one that sticks out to you that you think is going to make the most impact in 2017? Honestly, when I look at the Steelers, you know, people are talking about they're going to invest in their secondary in the first round. I really don't think that's where the move is. The move is to try and find a pass rusher. Um, and there's plenty that I think would be available and be and be very impactful um, if they if they went for them at the 30th pick in the draft. Now, there's, there's some players that they would have to trade up for. Um, like one guy I've been really liking all offseason, and I've made it clear, um, Derek Barnett from Tennessee, he, you know, he's been said, some say have him as a top 10 pick, but many have him dropping into like the 15 or 20. Um, he will not be there at 30. Uh, Mel Kuyper had him there at 30 in one of his more recent mock drafts. I don't think he will last that long because this is the guy that broke Reggie White's sack record at Tennessee, um, this season. So, uh, I, I think with the, with the way that he plays, he's a bigger guy, he's a stronger build. He's kind of like a Lamar Woodley or a Terrell Sugg type of outside linebacker. Um, and I think he, the players like him will be off the board, but there's some really good talent out there at um, at outside linebacker. You got a guy that people are overlooking in Tim Williams out of Alabama. He has all the pass rush skills that I think that you could need for the NFL, and he's athletic. Uh, he has his techniques down, but the reason people are overlooking him is because he he reportedly failed multiple drug tests. 
Um, he got caught, you know, he got caught with a with a uh, firearms uh, legal firearms charge, and you know, so he's had some off the field issues. So people have him moving down their board. And yeah, I think that that Tim Williams is is kind of worth the risk when I look at people because people a lot of people are hyping Tap Hill. He's a he's a he's a longer, leaner type of type of pass rusher, and he's very quick off the ball, but he doesn't. Uh, combine the sort of password skills that you look for in a talented edge rusher in the NFL. Now he can develop those skills, but we've seen that that's not so easy to do um, when, uh, you know, when you got a guy that's coming into the NFL that takes time and sometimes it'd be, it even never happens. So I think that that uh, pass rusher, it's still Mike Tomlin said it before. I think a lot of people say it, say it today after quarterback the most important thing on your team that you could have is a pass rusher and right now I think that that's the thing and and I think that they can address they can still address uh, uh, really address safety and cornerback if they wanted to in the second third or even fourth round the the, the draft is very deep in defensive backs this year but it's, yeah it's, it's not an inside linebacker from what it looks like which I mean I think the Steelers have faith in Vince Williams and you know they've got some guys backing him up but um, I'm honestly surprised, and I want to talk more about outside linebackers, but I'm honestly surprised that there's not this bigger to conversation about inside linebackers. Is that because, Chris, uh, the Steelers are, are, have faith in Vince and the guys behind him, or is it just because there's not a lot of stock in the draft in terms of inside linebackers? Um, I think it's more so because people don't – it's not as sexy to talk about inside linebackers. I don't think it's not that the Steelers aren't looking at inside linebackers because – that's the number two need for me right behind pass rusher. And really it's like one A and one B. If they go, if they can get a decent inside linebacker, um, you know, that, that fits with the team, then I'm all for it. If they get an, a, a good outside linebacker that, that, that can rush the passer, I'm all for it. But, but both are needs in this draft. And if I'm going for these guys, I'm picking one, one, one in the first round and the other in the second. Uh, and, but you're right. The, I think it's kind of, it, it's, there are there are there are a few guys that could go in the first two rounds and potentially become a starter in their rookie season. At least the way that I look at them. But the um, the, the clear prospect that's at the top is Ruben Foster. That guy is going to go top fifteen most likely. You know, the only way that Steelers get him is if they trade up, and they very rarely trade up. The last time they did trade up was Troy Polamalu back in two thousand three. Um, so I'm you know I'm looking at them and I'm saying. You know, if there, there are people like Gerard Davis, you know, people have him going in the late first round or the mid second round. Um, you know, there's guys like Hassan Reddick. He was he was purely an edge rusher at Temple, but he's very athletic. He he ran the fastest forty of the linebackers of a four five two, um, and you know he's a guy that he has the build to play anywhere, but he has to learn them, and you know that could be a stretch in the NFL. Um, but you know, athleticism is something that people look look at. So there's a, I think inside linebacker, you're right to make that a piece of importance because I don't think anyone should be comfortable with Vince Williams as the permanent number two buck linebacker um, for for uh, for the for the Steelers, especially when Tyler Matakavich is your next option. I just don't think he's ready um, to to take on the full role. I think he's a good he's a good fill in guy. He's a good spelling and filling in for injury. But if you have to rely on that guy every every game, it's going to be rough. Um, I think there's a guy, Zach Cunningham out of Van, Vanderbilt. Um, I think he could play play a little bit of inside linebacker. Uh, but other than that, the only other inside linebacker they've looked at, Gerard Davis, is in their, in their visits. Um, so, you know, it, it's an interesting question. But I think that, I think that they will end up getting one. At, they might just know who they're getting already. That's a good point, and especially too because there might not be as many to choose from. They've kind of got that that locked in. Like, um, mm-hmm. what do you think is going to be is going to be the order? Do you think it's going to go out, you know, outside linebacker slash edge rusher, cornerback, inside linebacker, other way around? Like, like if you could if you could script out the first three draft picks from the Steelers, um, where where do you see the order going? I mean, I think we both assume edge rusher, and then after that. You know, either inside linebacker or cornerback or other way around. See, here's here's the thing. It always comes down to who's available. The Steelers are a team that that tries not to reach based on position. They try to get the best player available, um, and that, in in my opinion, involves um, involves looking at who's what pass rushers are available and what inside linebackers are are available. Um, now, if you're looking at say 
if you're looking at edge rushers, right, and for that, that you're looking for the three four system, you know, the there's the good thing is that there are some guys that are like guaranteed going off um, the boards very early, um, so that there that way you can have a have a good shot at other guys that might not. Like for example, everyone knows Miles Garrett's going one, maybe two at at, at the at the the highest that he could go. Um, there's a guy, there's Taco Charlton out of Michigan. Good, good talent. You know, he's got the build as an outside linebacker, not as fast as you would like, but he's big and strong. And maybe he could become that Derek Barnett's another one, Solomon Thomas. He might, he might be the other guy that goes in the top five. Um, it looks like you got Charles Harris out of Missouri, another bigger guy that, that could fit. He, he looks like a speed rusher, but you know, he's not as good in space. Um, and then you have people like like Tackers McKinley that people really like in the in the first round. And, and after those guys, so I just I just named what like five six guys off the you know off the top of my head. That still leaves you with players like T.J. Watt from Wisconsin, like Demarcus Walker from Florida State, like Tim Williams from Alabama, or Jordan Willis from Kansas State, or either of the outside linebackers in Carroll Phillips and Dwayne Smoot. Now I don't think either of those guys are are, are worth first round picks, um, you know. But there's also guys like Carl Lawson from Auburn, who's a big, strong guy. He can stunt the run, and he can overpower offensive tackles. I mean, this guy, he reps the most at the combine, even more than any offensive lineman prospect. Um, you know, so he's a guy that could go in the third round. So here's the thing. If you're looking – if say they get to 30, and you get, let's say, let's take off, take off Harris, um, Thomas, Barnett, Charlton, Garrett – and we'll even say Tackers McKinley's off the board. So that leaves you with, like, T.J. Watt, Dwayne Smoot, Marcus Walker, Tim Williams. Now, if the Steelers feel like they can get one of, one of their guys that's left in the second round and Gerard Davis is still on the board, they'll get Gerard Davis. But if they're looking at if, – if Gerard Davis is off the board, then they have to look at, all right, what can we get right now that won't be there in the next round that is an absolute need for us? Uh, and to me, you know, I, if I'm in that situation, I take a stab at Tim Williams because I think that Tim Williams, though his, his stock has dropped because of his off-the-field issues, I think that he's a guy that won't be there in the second round, and you're going to miss him because he, I think he's, he's going to be someone special in the, um, in the process. Now, meanwhile, you know, it's, you know, like you said, if you miss on, you know, Gerard Davis is there and you pass on him, um, that's not all that bad because I think that there's some other guys that could fill in. Um, you know, Zach Cunningham is a guy he could. Um, T.J. Watt, honestly, could be a tweener. He plays really well in space. Um, he's a playmaker. He's a long, thin guy. And he uses – what I love about T.J. Watt is that he uses his, his long arm to keep people at bay. Now, he doesn't bench press well. He doesn't have a good punch. But he is very good at, at hand fighting and getting his hands inside of offensive linemen so that when he takes on blocks, he's trying to gain leverage on you. Um, so he's a guy that could play inside and outside potentially. Um, you know, like, like I say, you have Gerard, you have, uh, you have Gerard Davis that you that I'd get before him, but then there's other guys like Raekwon McMillan out of Ohio state. He's a guy that you could get in the second, maybe the third round. Um, but you know, he's an inside linebacker. I, I like, I like the way that, that this guy plays and he could be, he could be someone that you put next to Ryan, Ryan Shazier. Um, so, so again, it's all about who's available. I think that the order is side linebacker, inside linebacker, and depending who on who's available, um, you can go you could go safety, you can go quarterback, you can go you can go cornerback, um, you could even go running back if you wanted to because they all still only have Niles Davis and Fitzgerald Toussaint behind um, behind Le'Veon Bell on the roster. So they maybe they go after like you know if Joe Mixon's floating around in the third round because people don't want him because he punched a girl in 2014. Uh, but this guy looks like an every down back that could be great in the NFL. Uh, if a guy like that's sitting on the board, you may get your backup man for the next four years for Le'Veon Bell so that if Bell has to go because he costs too much, maybe you have someone for the future. So there's a, there's so many contingency plans that have to be in place. Like say again, say you're outside linebacker, you're all your number one pro, your first round prospects are off the board. You go inside linebacker with the first pick and you come to the second round and you don't feel like you want Carl Lawson in the second round. You could go for Butter Baker or Joshua Jones if they're sitting on there and then fill that safety need to sit behind Mike Mitchell and, and, and Sean Davis and possibly play a little bit of slot. And then you kind of feel the need. You don't really need to draft another cornerback because really the Steelers have, what, five cornerbacks on their roster. They have Artie mm-hmm. Burns, 
They have Ross Cockrell, Sanquez Golson, if he's ever healthy. They got Cody <laughs> Sinsabaugh, who I think is, is their backup slot man because they realize William, William Gay can't do that job anymore. He's just not fast enough to keep with the quicker receivers in the NFL. Um, but then you still have William Gay, who's smart enough to play anywhere on the field. He's not fast enough anymore, but he's, he knows your scheme well enough so that he can play at multiple spots. So to me, drafting another cornerback would be a little too much. I knew, I would want another safety that's fast, can play, and would be a lot better than, say, Jordan Dangerfield or, or Robert Golden. So that, that would be where I'd go after the linebacker positions or even before a linebacker position that you could just think that you can, that you can make a move on later. But still, my, my number one concern, getting a pass rusher because this team needs to sack the quarterback. They need to get after people. Budget freeze one piece. They need someone else to, to be across from them. I agree completely, and I think you know uh, fans trying to find the significance and and what what a good pass rush does for you. Well, they were what near maybe they were the worst team in the league in sacks after after the Cowboy game, but they were you know number one since. And you had Bud coming back with four and a half sacks, Harrison had all five of his sacks in the second half of the year. So so you know those two with nine and a half sacks, uh, two had had that nice game against the Browns. Two is inconsistent, uh, in my opinion. I really like him. I know he, you know, just like every every player <laughs> on the line in the interior, you know, you're dealing mm-hmm. with injuries. But I like to see him be more consistent. I like Stephon Tewitt. He still is a young player. But uh, but that being said, you're right. I mean, you have to have a good pass rush. And I think when they lost Cameron too last year, I thought that would really uh, stymie their pass rush. But Bud came back, and then Harrison kind of had his second wind because. Uh, you know, Hayward's a guy, again, from, from the defensive end position that he can also wreak havoc on a quarterback. And Javon Hargrave as well. And with Hargrave going to the small school, I like Derek Rivers, too, from Youngstown State. And I know he's a defensive end, yeah. but I'm sure he would, would go over to outside linebacker. Is there anything that, that you see out of him? Because, again, he, he's one of those small school guys, you know, like Hargrave, you know, uh, compete against lesser competition, but thrived in it. And, and Rivers had a lot of sacks uh, during his collegiate years. So, you know, he could be an option uh, potentially. But I, I like what you said about the fact that the Steelers aren't going to reach. I think last year it was pretty much uh, they were hell-bent on getting a cornerback, and, and everybody thought it was going to be the guy that uh, Cincinnati ended up taking right before William Jackson, I believe, who suffered the season-ending knee injury before the year even mm-hmm. started. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you. And I don't think the Steelers need to go high uh, with, with a draft pick in terms of uh, another cornerback. I think they've got good ones. And, and, and if Golson doesn't get hurt and if he doesn't pack heat in airports and get arrested for it, <laughs> like last night, <laughs> then, uh, you know, then, then, then they'll be okay there. But I wanted to ask you a question about, about Tim Williams and about Mixon specifically. Um, sure. You know, obviously the Steelers, you know, with uh, Michael Vick, they brought him in a few years ago. They, they dealt with that media firestorm. Do you think, and then obviously Williams met with the Steelers earlier this week. Do you think that that might scare the Steelers off, or do you think they just say, "Screw it, we're gonna we're getting the best guys available, we're gonna trust their character"? Um, but at the same time, they've been burned by that in the past. You know, obviously, you know Martavis. If you remember his draft uh, bio on NFL dot com a few years ago, I mean, there were warnings in mm-hmm. there that that this guy yep. had some maturity things he had to work through, and then that came back to bite them. Uh, do you do you see that being a reason why they don't go that route with Williams and or Mixon if they're available for the taking uh, in the draft? I think it's something they're certainly weighing, and that's why they're bringing they, they brought Williams in. Um, it, it's a concern because you, I think that the Steelers they're not they're not as worried about picking a guy that will get slashed in the media. Who cares about that, right? Because the, the like, right. like like Mike Thomas said, media is just elevated music. They're concerned about a guy. That's going to cost them like Martavis Bryant, a fourth round pick that is, you know, a great athlete. This guy can do everything you ask of him at the wide receiver position. He's a great number two with, with Antonio Brown. And even I mean, he has the, the chance to be a number one someday. Um, but the thing is, if he's not on the field, what good is he? And that's where they're weighing is this kid has this kid learned from his mistakes. And now the thing is, if you come in, they're coming in these interviews. Of course, they're going to act like they've learned from their mistakes. But you know, it's just about judge of character. Can you can you tell if this guy is past that and he wants to be he he wants to be professional? But also, you know, it's a thing about you know just where where is someone in their life? You know, is someone you know if they're twenty or twenty one, um, you know, or you know, you know, they're they're in the stage of their life where they're thinking like, you know what, this, you know, marijuana is not so bad. And, and I agree, marijuana is not a drug that 
is destroying communities all over this country. You know, if it was right. So, but at the same time, it's illegal. It's it's against the rules in the NFL, and it's illegal in most states in the United States. So you can't afford to do that when you're in this position. Um, so it's about what you know, weighing what what's most important in their life. Do they have their their head in the right place? Um, if they do, you know, if they, if they didn't, you know, what what has changed about them? So you have to weigh that. I think that the Steelers would take a chance. On, on a guy simply because they need playmakers. They need ballers. Right. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell is a guy that right now, I mean, he, he's, he's had what, two suspensions now. Um, mm. You know, so he's a guy that, you know, if people, people have been talking about, people said for the past two years, and you've heard him, Oh, we don't need him. We got D'Angelo Williams. We're fine. And as soon as Le'Veon Bell comes back, what does everyone think? Man, that's the, that, that guy's the best back in the league. And we're so glad yep. we have him. That's what and if you if you look back, the Steelers don't beat the Ravens in that in that in that last game uh, that Christmas Day game. They don't beat the Ravens without Le'Veon Bell, and the Steelers know right. that they they're, they're like that's why that's why they 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 signed him on the uh, on the franchise tag, and they're gonna get a long term deal with this guy worked out. Um, I, I really feel like like Le'Veon Bell is is the prime example of it. Martavis Bryant, I think if he if he does it, if he does something else stupid, they'll let him go. I think the Steelers have had um have shown a track record. They're they're okay with moving on like they did with San Antonio Holmes. Um but uh but I mean at the same time they want those playmakers and I think they even know like back in two thousand ten they could have used San Antonio Holmes in that Super Bowl against the Packers and maybe would have changed the course of the game. Um so I think that they're gonna I think they're gonna certainly look at these guys but they're going to weigh is the is the risk is the risk that he this that x that player x like Tim Williams or Joe Mixon is it that is it so great that it outweighs the difference in talent than he has between between, between other guys like for example people really like TJ Watt but I I'm sketchy about him as an edge rusher because his one his one thing is he comes in he tries to get inside leverage on you with his hands and then he tries to either push or pull you to get around to get around you um, or he tries to to be, use his positioning to overpower you and push you into the backfield. But Tim Williams is a guy that if he can use his inside hand and slap your hands and cross your face. He can rip move you. He can swim move you. He can spin off your block. Um, the, you know, there's there's guys that has that many more traits that are good for pass rushers. And are even more athletic than, than those guys. So that's right. like the thing is, do you wait? Do you weigh that risk? You know, and, and like you said, Rivers out of Derek Rivers out of Youngstown. You know, the guy, you know, he's less. I think he's less like a, a pure footballer. He's more of like a really good athlete that has a lot of potential. I think he, um, you know, he has he has he has good length. He has good he has good pop with his hands, um, and he has he has a good uh, he has a good burst and a good and good speed, but. He needs to. Uh, I think he needs to refine his pass rush moves. You know, Jordan Willis is a guy that is built very similar to Derrick Rivers. Jordan Willis is out of Kansas State, and he's a guy that I'd look at and I'd be like, I've seen his spin move, I've seen his rip move, I've seen him find different ways to beat. Those are guys that I also take looks at. So, um, to, to to bring the short answer to your question, I think yes, they will take looks at them. But if there's another player that's only marginally. Um, that has a marginally different skill set, or is not as you know not as good, but it's you know it's close enough. They'll take that. They'll look at that guy and say, "Well, this guy, this guy can do what this guy does. Uh, we just need to teach him. He just needs to learn under James Harrison and learn in our scheme more." But at the same time, you, you can't afford to pass up super talents um, when when they're sitting there. And if they fall to you when you have the thirtieth pick in the draft, that that's when you think I think you got to take that risk. I'm going to go off cuff a second here. I want to ask you something. Are you surprised that they haven't re-signed D'Angelo? Um, I know the age is there, and I know for them, uh, you know, he was injured and missed seven games last year. Personally, I think it's because they overused him in the first couple of games of the year, but they had to. They didn't have Le'Veon Bell, and they were dependent on the running game in those games, and, and they needed D'Angelo to have that amount of work to get those wins. Um, but, but that being said, I mean, the guy, when he when he plays, is still, to me at least, uh, a good backup. I mean, he's not a, a starting quality. I wouldn't say anymore. Although two years ago he was, and like I said, the first two games of the of the seventeenth se- or the sixteenth season he was, but he he's still out there. I mean, are you surprised by that? And do you see a scenario where Williams comes back? That being said, I, I would say no, unless there's an injury 
because they're not going to have four guys. I, I wouldn't think they would have four running backs on the roster. I know they did, uh, you know, in 2015 when Bell came out. Actually, they didn't because Bell came out and then they brought Todman up. But, I mean, do you are you surprised and do you see him coming back in any capacity? I, I don't, honestly. The only way that they that they get that Williams comes back is if they do not draft anyone in this draft. Right. And, and they're looking and they look around and they're like in free agency and they say, ah, uh, you know, this guy, you know, yeah, you look around. They, if they don't find someone that be, because I think that they found the guy that could be their number three and fight to be their number two. And now Davis, he has good straight line speed. He can make some plays right. here and there. But I think that they want another another younger body. And it's the same sort of thing. You know, D'Angelo Williams, people love him. Um, you know, I think he's a, he was a lot like Moeldy Moore for the team. You know, the only difference is that yeah. Moeldy Moore didn't have to play a full season because he didn't have, right. you know, Le'Ve- he didn't have a Le'Veon Bell in front of him that, get, that kept getting hurt um, or suspended. But uh, when you look at D'Angelo Williams, he ended up filling that role. But, he, again, it's the same sort of thing. They bring him in in his early 30s. Uh, they brought Moore in in his late 20s. But, you know, same sort of deal. It's like they give him a few years, he does really well, and they let him go because they know that they can find depth at running back um, in, in other ways. I think that's what they're trying to do with Niles Davis. But I think they, they're also, they also should look at a younger guy to fill, to fill the shoes because I, if, right. if I have to rely on Niles Davis for every three downs, then I start to get worried because I think he's a good spellback. I think he's a good, you know, give a guy a reprieve person. But, um, you know, if you have to rely on that guy 24-7, if Le'Veon Bell goes down again, uh, then I think the team's in trouble. But, again, if you get a guy like, like, like Mixon, if you, get, if you have a guy that comes up, I think even James Conner out of Pitt, you know, he's a guy that you could snag in the fourth or fifth round easily. And, you know, he's a guy that he's a footballer. And, you know, maybe he can fit your scheme. And a lot of people are downplaying him because after his injury. But, you know, if you have a guy that could play, um, and even if you have two backs that you can rotate and feel confident about give, letting them carry the load, that makes things easier. But, I, I, but again, if they don't draft someone, Williams might come back. But at this point, I think the Steelers have said, you know, thanks for, thanks for your time and your services, but you got to move on because we need, we need speed and we need athleticism. And uh, his, his age is a liability at this point. No, I, I agree with you, and and I think that it's funny with, with D'Angelo because you know my dad would always say I, we we marvel at watching him play a couple of years ago, but my dad would say as good as Williams is, you know he would rip off a twenty thirty yard run. He goes Bell would have taken that eighty to the house. You know Bell is a different mm-hmm. level of an athlete, and him coming back last year, I think dispels. I mean it, it was funny because in fourteen everybody was you know. He's the best back in football. And then it was so funny, a year later when he was hurt, Adrian Peterson regained the rushing title, everybody forgot about Bell. And then he comes back, his first game against Kansas City goes for 144, and you could tell that he wasn't, he wasn't fully back yet. You know, on that long run on the, on the far sideline when Pouncey was escorting him down the field, you could tell that even on that run he wasn't there yet. But, but I hope, and I know we've, we've discussed this before, I hope mm-hmm. that whoever they bring in, whether it's whether it's Mixon or Connor or Kareem Hunt from Toledo, that I really like. I mean, again, he, he played at a lower tier, um, so you know, there's that. But I his statistics at Toledo were just off the charts, catching and receiving, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, running and catching. But whoever they bring in, I, I really hope they finally uh, start to to um, disperse the, the carry load or workload a little bit more because. It's evident, I mean, in any running back, I mean, they're going to wear down at some point. And, and, and for Bell, I think the report was he was hurt against uh, the Dolphins and toughed it out against the Chiefs, and then it just wasn't there against New England. So, you know, and maybe you can – and we're going to get back. I want to talk about quarterbacks in the draft, so we will do that with Chris Carter here from DKPittsburghSports.com. That's where you can find his great work. He has his own uh, segment uh, in the website called Carter's Classroom, which is fantastic. But – um, whoever they bring in, I hope that they, they could dispel that, that workload. But, but why, Chris, why, why are they so run dominant? Why were they so run dominant last year? I, I don't understand that. And it seems like whenever they have Bell, they go back to that run dominant offense. Was it because they didn't have faith in their receivers and they had the injuries to Coates and whatnot? I mean, is, is that why? And, and cause I don't think it's going to be that way next year. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping – that the 2015 Steeler offense comes back in 2017. But, um, you know, is, is, is that why the offense was so run-reliable last year? Was it because of the receivers? Or was, it, was it because of – is Ben losing a step? Or is it just because uh, Bell is that good? Or is it a combination of those three things? 
it's it's always a combination of factors that lead to things like that. But at the same time, Bella is the best running back in football. When you have <laughs> right, weapon, right, right, you you put it in his hand. Uh, right. I think it's a it's it's a situation. Yeah, you look at injuries, right? You saw, and it, even when you consider coming into the Patriots game, they didn't have Marcus Wheat. They, you know, Hayward Bay was coming off an injury. Coates had broken hand. They had no Martavis Bryant. They had no Ladarius Green. That's five of their receiving options. It, um, you know, you know, unless you add Le'Veon Bell, it's five of their top seven. That's, I mean, that, that, that's, and then when you take Le'Veon Bell out, I mean, they're missing. They were missing for that game six of their top seven targets for for Ben Roethlisberger, and you know, and that that's significant. So. I mean, yeah, as the season rolled on, especially when Ladarius Green got hurt again and, you know, Ben Roethlisberger trying to find ways, they need to run the ball. And I think that they showed that it worked. I mean, if you remember in that playoffs game against the, against the Dolphins, they came out, scorched them with two passing touchdowns, and then they ran the ball every single play to shove it down their throats and then their next drive. And they showed, listen, if we wanted to, we could pound this down your throat all day. And, and like, it's, they want to send that because also on top of also having a great running back, they have a very good offensive line. You know, people praise the Cowboys oh, yeah. offensive line, which took a hit this year. But um, uh, you, you look at Marquise Pouncey, Marcus Gilbert, uh, David DeCastro, Ron Foster, and Alejandro Villanueva, those all those guys know how to work and they are well gelled and they are looking to punish people. So I'm, I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. Uh, with, with them pounding the ball, the thing, the th- biggest thing is, is you're worried about the load on Le'Veon Bell and whether or not this will tear him up. Um, I don't, I don't think necessarily it does. I also think that part of it has to do with Ben Roethlisberger taking the pressure off Ben Roethlisberger in situations because Ben to me needs a deep threat and underneath and, and, and underneath options to to circle to cycle between. Um, and when he when he lost Martavis Bryant and Sammy Coates and Hayward Bay, those were the three speedsters that the, that the Steelers were going to rely on to be the deep threat to take away to take on the, the top off defense and open up space for Eli Rogers and Antonio Brown underneath, and um, and even Ladarius Green too. When you lose all that, that that changes the, di- the dimensions of the off- offense and it forces Ben Roethlisberger to make more underneath reads, which he is not comfortable doing consistently in a game. He needs those deep shots. So what alleviates that bet the best? You give the ball to Le'Veon Bell and let him pick up five or six yards and let the safeties creep up, you know, because they need to come and help. So, um, so I, I think that's the reason you saw more running there. And I'm okay with it as long as, as, long as you're doing it in a smart way. And the thing is, Le'Veon Bell, he doesn't think he ever gets tired. The guy says, you know, practice no. is harder yeah. than the game for him. I mean, and that's why you never see him. That's why LeGarrette Blunt left in that Tennessee game because Le'Veon Bell was just like, I don't need a water break. I'm fine. And he just, he just <laughs> keeps going. And to me, that's not, that's not punishment that changes. I think it's just, it's just a, a higher percentage of getting hurt because he's out there for so long. But, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, if you have him, you've got to use him. And, you know, if you just put him on – if you're scared to use him because – he might he might get hurt, then you're gonna pass up on so many opportunities. You gotta play. You just gotta have the depth behind him, I think, to back him up and give and and give and give him a moment when he needs one. Um, so I think so I yeah. think that's it exactly uh, yeah yeah. So that, that's that's I, I my that's biggest exactly. thing with the running game. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you 100, percent and and that's why you know I, that's why I like D'Angelo because it seemed like he could they never were used together. Now a lot of that was the injuries, a lot and and the suspensions. But they were never used together, really, ever in Pittsburgh. I don't remember a single game where you, you saw, like, a – I was having flashbacks of, like, what, what uh, the Colts did in 06 with Joseph Adai and Dominique Rhodes. Like, that's what I was kind of visualizing. Maybe not that mm-hmm. balanced, because that was almost like a 50-50 deal, but I was always expecting that. You never saw that. But, but I just – I want to see the Steelers' offense that we saw in 2015. Um, that, that was so dynamic. It was so dangerous, and it was – you know that 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 Oakland Raiders game. I mean, I love. I remember that game. It was, it was, it was, it was like you know playing that on rookie level, watching those offenses just just get after it. It was, and I I think that you know for a lot of reasons, like you said, it's never just one. You know, and and I'm I was surprised when they brought in Hunter because I thought that they were going to draft him. I I still think I think we both agree they're still going to try to find a receiver in this draft because they're still yeah. as, as deep as we are a receiver there's still a lot of unknowns because of Coates' hands. You, you don't know what's going to happen with Bryant. We all assume he's going to come back. But even then, there's the trust factor. 
He's got to prove he can he can stay, you know, uh, within the good spirits in the NFL. But but if you could give me a name or two that that you like a receiver, um, I know there's the kid from Texas A&M um, whose name escapes me now that that looks pretty good, but uh, in, in the later rounds. But is there a receiver that sticks out in your mind that, that could be a good fit with Pittsburgh? Um, so the thing is, you've got to ask the Steelers want to go speed again and and continue mm-hmm. getting deep threats because I feel like they have their underneath guys pretty locked up now. There's a guy. There's guys like John Ross who you know broke the record for the 40 yard dash, and he's a smaller guy, but he's a speed so they can burn everyone up. And he he looks like a guy that you could go get at at wide receiver. Um, but I, I'm going to go a little unconventional here and go with uh, a guy that some people are talking about. His name's Cooper Cup, and he's at uh, Eastern Washington University. You know they played on the red field. Um, you know not at the top level, but the, if you look at this guy's tape. He made some of the most ridiculous catches in college football, and he broke a lot of records doing what he did. Um, and I mean, he went up against he went up against during his career Marcus Peters and embarrassed him when he was at Washington. Um, so it's I, I look at Cover Cup and he's Cover Cup and he, he he ran like he ran a slow forty. He was in the four six range. Um, so people are are certainly looking past that for the for the early rounds. But he's the guy that if if you're if he's around in the fourth, get him, get take a shot because he he's a big play right. type of type of player. He 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 makes catches in traffic and giving a guy like that and he's a, you know he's six one. He has he has good he has a good vertical. Um, let let that let let a guy like that play. Um, you know, you look, you look at, you look at other guys. You know, do you again, you want to go with? I think you're talking about Josh Reynolds from Texas A&M. Um, you know, decent, reliable receivers and um, guys that that can play in the system. You know, there's Chris Godwin out of um, yeah, but but I mean, like you know, there's there's so there's so many options. The question is, I think, where do you take this stab at receiver? Do you do it like, like in the third or fourth round, like you've done? Sammy Coates and Mark Davis Bryant, I think that there is a potential for that. Um, and there are guys that fit that mold, but at the same time, you're looking at the defensive side of the ball. You need an inside linebacker and an outside linebacker. And I really think they should also go after a safety, um, you know, at, at some point to try and put behind Mitchell and Davis. Um, and then after that, you know, what's more important, adding to wide receiver depth or adding to running back depth? Um, and then also, you still got to consider there's a quarter, there's the quarterback situation. So, it's all about where can you get the bang for your buck um, and, and not overdraft a player um, while also passing on a another candidate at another position that could have fit you a lot better. So, I mean, looking at the late rounds, um, there's uh, th- there there are some options, but it's kind of you know it's gonna it's gonna be one of those those you know Demarcus Ayers type of situations at that point, like guys that look real good were questionable at the combine. But just have to pan out, and we'll see, and, and we'll see how they go. Right. I think the biggest thing I remember people saying about Ayers was a lot of people were were kind of admonishing him and thought that he should he should have come back for another season uh, in college, and he decided not to. Um, but and, and mm-hmm. I think the Steelers kind of treated last year as kind of a rookie year for him. It also worked, you know, I don't want to say worked out, but he had those high and low ankle sprains, so that kept him on the practice squad, so he didn't have to come in and perform right away. I'm a big fan of Ayers, and I think he, you know, if he stays level-headed, I mean, they also have Kobe Hamilton that we haven't discussed that, you know, they sign him. It, it, regardless of who they bring in, and I agree, I think that's the fascinating thing. Are they going to go speed or are they going to go size? The A&M kid, I kind of looked at for the, for the size thing, and I know that, that Colbert really likes the yards, uh, yards per catch deal, which I, I didn't see a lot of receivers. The USC kid, it looked like he had a lot of yards after catch, and I think he's a, he's a guy that, that some people are starting to look at in kind of that middle portion, but I do agree with you. I think that if the Steelers, I think they are going to go receiver again. I don't think they're going to go early. They have too many needs on defense, like you said, inside linebacker, outside linebacker. They need to get that addressed. Um, um, so, and then the, you know, there, there's the safety actually like um, as well out of West Virginia. I think he could be maybe someone that they go after. But uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of options. The, the draft is fascinating to me because it's a chess match. You have to look at what's best available at your biggest needs, but then you also have to look at, you know, okay, we can't wait too long because then there might not be anybody around anymore. So uh, that to me is fascinating. But on that note, um, kind of running out of time here, again, Chris Carter kind enough to join us here on the Steel Conversation. Let's talk quarterback. <laughs> it's Ben. You know, Ben is coming back. He said that last week. I don't think it was surprised to really anybody, though. If you if you follow Colbert and Rooney, you know, we're 
saying, you know, uh, during the offseason, they fully expect him to come back. Ben is coming back. That being said, though, I mean, everybody knows, you know, the window's closing. He's 35. Uh, he's only signed through the 19th season. So it's one of those things, Chris. It's interesting to me because if you knew right now, if you had a crystal ball and you said, okay, well, Ben's going to play through 19, there's not really the, the, the – you don't have to get his heir apparent this year because then you have a, a Favre and Rogers situation where he's going to be sitting around for three years. He's going to be getting antsy. And, you know, I know for a lot of Steelers fans, they would say um, this would never happen, but it, I, I, why wouldn't it? You know, let's say two years from now, let's say we get a guy this year, two years from now, Ben's starting to show signs of, of age. And then all of a sudden, you've got the quarterback controversy. You've got all that stuff. So sometimes it's, it's not good to draft the guy too early. Uh, but that being said, I think there, I think there is an added uh, uh, sense of urgency within the Steelers to at least seriously consider getting a quarterback. I know they brought in Mahomes. Uh, ben, you know, reportedly walked in on that interview and, and met with him. And uh, the, I know, I know a lot of guys, you know, a lot of Pitt fans, especially, would like to see Nathan Peterman, who I know really uh, impressed people. Uh, during the during the uh, senior day, you know, the whole week rather, um, I think he did okay at the combine. Well, what do you see happening, Chris? I mean, do you, do you see them um, taking a shot at a quarterback early, or do you see them just seeing what's out there? You know, once the dust settles and once they get their defense more solidified in the first couple of rounds, I see them taking a third round stab at a quarterback, and because because they need. And because one, they need to to get get defense with the first two picks, and two, they have three, they have two set third round picks. Um, so you right. look at you look at who's available there. Um, Patrick Mahomes to me is going in the first two rounds. There's no there's no he might go in the first in the first twenty picks of the draft because of his uh, of his cannon of an arm, um, you know. But he's not. I mean, and they brought him in, but he he's not a guy that. I would break the bank for it and say, oh, let's take him at thirty if he's sitting there. You know, maybe, maybe if you if 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 you, if all your other prospects are off the board, that would be first round caliber. Um, but you know, like like people people, it, it's really interesting to hear people talk about quarterbacks because some people have you know Mitch Trubisky in the top ten, others have him in the late in in the late first or the early second round. Some people have Deshaun Watson going in the in the top 15 of the draft some some have him going as late as the third you know if Deshaun Watson to me is sitting there in the second round take him because he's a guy that shows he can play he can play at a championship level in the NCAA he's he's fast he's got a good arm and he looks like he's a good team team leader but then there's also guys like Deshaun Kaiser who if he lasts into the into the second round where the Steelers go that's a guy I also think you got to take a chance at because he's very young he's very smart when I've when I've seen this guy process what's going on. Um, he knows how to process things. I think the big, his biggest weakness was that he would crumble in key situations and games. I think he would sort of get outside of himself and that he just needs to work on. Um, but I mean, as far as the arm talent, he has, he has the cannon. He has, he, you know, he, he has, a, he needs to work on his accuracy, but he's, um, he's shown that he can be accurate. Um, he's got the build for it. He's a, he's like, to me, I consider him like a bigger Russell Wilson at times, um, which would be very welcome on, on any roster. So like Sean Kaiser, but one guy that people aren't really talking about who I think the Steelers might pick up in the, with their second, third round pick is Josh Dobbs out of Tennessee. Dobbs ran a four, six, four with a, with a 40 time. He's, he has very good athleticism. He's got, he's got the build. He's six, three, two, sixteen. They can put a little bit of weight on. Um, but he's not going in the top two rounds. Probably won't go in in, in third um, until the Steelers are up, um, and that leaves. And, and I think, and also, you got to you, you gotta look at he visited the Steelers the same day that Patrick Mahomes did, and the Steelers went to Tennessee's pro day, and there were some good pictures of him laughing with Tomlin. So that doesn't mean anything that as far as like oh they're definitely going to get this guy, but it does show that I think the Steelers have him on their radar. Also, when you listen to Dobbs talk, this guy this guy knows what he's talking about. He's a very smart smart young man. Um, he's a competitor. It's on the field. Uh, I think he's a, he's a guy. He takes a bit tough shots. He's a he's a leader of a quarterback. Um, so there's there's a lot of things to consider there. I I would take if I had to pick with the Steelers, and I'm in the third round, and I have. Brad Kaya from Miami, Nate, Nate Peterman from, from Pitt, and Josh Dobbs on the board. I'm taking Josh Dobbs because I think he has the bill to be a quarterback um, in, in the NFL. Brad Kaya, who um, will be publishing, we'll be publishing a study on him later today um, at the DKPittsburghSports.com. 
um, it, where we, we, you know, we go through plays. And if you want to, if you want to see, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, you want to see film breakdown on these players. We do that all at DK Pittsburgh Sports and Carter's Classroom. I've been covered. I'm up. To, I think I'm on my eighth person that I've done a full breakdown. We do like five to seven different plays that show you their strengths and weaknesses. Brad Kai is a guy very smart, good mental makeup for a quarterback. Um, you know, he he does. He's very good at pre-snap reads but he does not have the cannon of an arm that you need at the NFL. Plenty of his defaults were sort of like ducks that he just threw up, and he would go there if the defense made the mistake and let a guy get behind them, and that's when he would connect. But if it was tight coverage, it was more easily defended because he, put, he had to put so much air under the ball rather than put some zip on it. So he's a guy that, you know, if the Steelers don't have their quarterback by the fifth round and they're in the late fifth and they're looking for an option, okay, then take Kaya. But if you want a guy that can potentially – become Ben's heir and groom behind him someday and beat out Landry Jones for the backup quarterback position this year and next, then I would go, I would go in the third round, get you a Josh Dobbs. Nate Peterman is interesting because I think he's a, he's another smart quarterback, but he doesn't have the cannon that I, that I really think the Steelers need. Uh, and that's another reason why I would pass him. I'm looking for guys with big arms and that, and show that they can work with defenses. Um, those are those are two of the, the biggest concerns that I have for quarterbacks because you can't you can develop someone's mind you can let they can learn how to read defense we've seen that bit with Ben Rompersberger he can adjust in in a scheme and develop over time you cannot improve someone's arm as easily it takes a lot of work and it almost never happens to the group to the degree that teams need it um, and to to be good with an arm that can own that that can't throw the deep ball. Um, you would need to have Tom Brady-like uh, abilities to read the defense, and we've only seen that you know once or twice in the history of the league. So the, the, I would say pass on those kind of guys um, most likely because otherwise you're stabbing. It's like playing the lottery, and the, the draft is already a lottery in itself. But now you're playing a lottery with a lot low things, a lot, lot less things in your favor. So, uh, but definitely look at Josh Dobbs. Um, we'll be doing a study on him next week, most likely. There's also Davis Webb out of California. Uh, and, you know, but again, if Pat Mahomes is sitting there at the at at, at thirty and or or at the second in the second round for some reason, I don't think he will be. Then the Steelers might take that stab because he does have a cannon of an arm. He has to work on his mechanics a little bit more. But he's a guy that he has the the arm to launch it different parts of the field. And the Steelers they like deep, deep threat ball guys. So. That's what I'm looking at at the quarterback position. Pass on Kaya, pass on Peterman. Look at, take a look at Deshaun Kaiser. Take a look at Mahomes if he's there. I don't think he will be. I think Kaiser might be because his he had a, he had a lackluster uh, year this, the, in 2016. But you know, look at Davis Webb. But definitely look at Josh Dobbs. That's my man in the third round. I'm a uh, I'm a big fan of the club's quarterback. I really like Watson. I, I think he's going to be something. Um, Obviously, the poise he showed in the last two, uh, you know, college football playoff championship games, and his touch on the ball, and you know, and I, obviously, it's something that we don't know because we don't sit in meetings or anything like that. But it's 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 the intangibles, it's the leadership qualities. Is it is winning most important to him? You know, I think that's that's one thing that obviously, like none of us are in the room with these guys. The Steelers are, and they have to do their due diligence and talk to these guys. And like you said with Tim Williams, you know, you have to see where these guys are at in their life. You know, if you bring in – and I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Well, you bring in Mahomes and he's not – you know, you can tell the winning's not necessarily on, on you know, the top priority, then you, you can't get a quarterback like that. Quarterbacks have to be selfless. They have to um, – you know, they have to be all dialed in and locked in on winning and being a good leader, and, and that's where, you know, none of us know. But just, just from what I've seen with Watson on TV and just, you know, all those little things. Just to me, it looks like he's got the leadership qualities that, that you would want in your leader. And, you know, and that's right. the thing with Ben, you know, you know, and, and, you know, with Ben, Ben's always been a guy that, you know, even in his more immature years, winning was always a priority for him. I agree. And that's what you want in a guy, Deshaun Watson. I mean, in his time at Clemson, uh, his last two seasons, I thought that either of those seasons, he could have won the Heisman. Um, he, he's a heck of a playmaker. He's fast. He's got the arm. I mean, he has the athletic build and the head to do it. From to me, people that think that are thinking because he runs that he won't be able to adapt to the NFL. I think that's silly. Um, you know, people are comparing him to Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is a decent quarterback, but I also I don't think that he'll he has the big arm like like Watson can can show. And I think that Watson, with time, can become you know elite quarterback in the in the NFL. Um, especially in a, in a system with playmakers. And here's the thing. If he's sitting there at 30, that's a 
that's one prospect that I would probably that I'd look around and say, hey guys. So I know we need outside linebacker and inside linebacker, but we have this quarterback sitting right here. He's one at this at the at the lower level. He's fast. He can and and here's the thing is with the Steelers, you don't need a guy that right now I mean, in their offensive scheme. If you have a, put a guy like Watson with Bell and Brown and Bryant and that offensive line, I think that 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 dude can thrive. And I mean, we saw that in the system with, with the Cowboys last year. Jack Prescott came in, a, a guy that I would say Steelers should consider in the third in the third or fourth round. He wasn't around when they came around in the fourth, and I think that they were looking at him um, from what I was from what I was judging based off of what Colbert and the well, the office front office was taking in visits. Um, but you know, Watson's the guy that I'd be like, whoa, he he could be the future um, for this franchise after Ben. You know, not saying that he could be the ultimate franchise quarterback of a lifetime, but he he's a guy that you, you can take a shot on, and um, I think he's a guy to be around. He's a guy I like, and I'm gonna I, I like his demeanor. I'll be rooting for him wherever he goes in the NFL. Um, so you know, this if if the uh, if the if the Steelers see, have an opportunity to take him, I, I think it's a reasonable consideration on their part if they look at taking him at thirty. I like it, man. I really. I got. We'll get you out of here with, with one last thing. Everybody likes you sure. know a hot take, or everybody likes their prediction. So with the thirtieth pick, Chris Carter, who are the Pittsburgh Steelers taking? Uh, put me on the spot. I see. Who are you got the Steelers to. <laughs> taking with the thirtieth pick? Who are the Steelers take, taking with the thirtieth pick? I'm gonna go. Huh. I'm, I'm gonna go Gerard Davis, inside linebacker from Florida. Okay, I like it. I like it. I like it. That's that. Hey, be a good pick for me, man. I think it's. Uh, I think. I think that's the thing. You know, I don't think this is. Uh, you know, one thing that we've discussed. You know, during this show is. Um, yes, the Steelers are going to emphasize defense first. I think we, we both agree. In the middle of the late rounds, they're going to address the quarterback. They're going to get the receiver. They're going to get their their running back. I mean, nobody that's going to come in and start right away at, at any of those three positions, but. You know, in the NFL, as Steeler fans surely know, the last couple of years, injuries loom very large in the NFL. You can't have enough good players behind your stars, and so the Steelers will do that on offense. Um, and then, you know, defensively, they're going to continue to add pieces. I don't, like you said, I don't think it's it's like last year where it was imperative to get a cornerback and a safety in the first two picks. Uh, but that being said, I think we both expect the Steelers to also take care of those positions in the draft too. I think it's massive the Steelers got that extra third-round pick. I think that was paramount for them because, you know, they are a team that they were in the AFC Championship game, so they, they surely are talented. But that being said, uh, there still are some holes they need to fill, so I think the extra third pick is really, really going to help them. So, Chris, it's always a pleasure. And, and once again, uh, if you want the most in-depth uh, knowledge of, of the, the players they already have, the Steelers, and players they might get, you have to follow Chris Carter on DK Pittsburgh Sports, Carter's Classroom. You'll be a much more intelligent football fan and Steelers fan if you do so. So, once again, Chris, thank you. we got to do this more, man. we got to do this more. And uh, thank you for, for, for you know, temporarily getting my mind off of the Pirates as uh, I fall into despair with them. But, again, Chris, thank you. And for all of you listening, as always, it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.